Welcome. In Parshas Vayelech, we, are, we read about the mitzvah of Hakel. And in addition to the uh, one, two, three, four psukim that discuss Hakel, there is a one pusik introduction, or apparently one pusik that serves as an introduction. I'd like to learn through these psukim, and uh, my general question will be, how this one Pusik serves as an introduction to the other Pesukim about Hakel. Let's begin. Parshas Vayelech, Perak Laman Aleph, Mishneh Tes. Vayichtov Moshe Esatero Hazos. And Moshe wrote this Torah. He wrote the Sefer Torah, as we have it today. Vayitznoa Elokoyanim B'nei Levi. And he gave it to the Kohanim, the sons, the children of Levi. Anosim Esaroin Bris Hashem who carried the Arain, the Ark of the Covenant of Hashem. And also he gave it, gave the Torah to Kol Ziknei Yisrael, to all the elders of Yisrael, of all the other tribes. Before we see Rashi on this Pasuk, we should mention that there is a common misconception that at Har Sinai, Moshe Rabbeinu went up the mountain, and he came down with the Sefer Torah, with the five books of Moses, as we know them today. There are even uh, sometimes uh, pictures. Sometimes those pictures are aimed at children. Sometimes they are very nice works of art aimed at uh, adults also. And you'll see the mountain and the thunder and the lightning. And Moshe Rabbeinu standing, coming down the mountain, holding a Sefer Torah. That is not correct. What Moshe Rabbeinu brought down from Harsinai was the Luchais with the Aseris Adivrois. Now, as Rashi says in the name of Rav Sad Yagain, the Aseris Adivrois include within them, they, they are Maramids to all of the 613 mitzvahs. But Moshe Rabbeinu did not come down with a Sefer Torah with all of the Psukim as we know it. How did that come about? Well, Later, when Moshe Rabbeinu went, uh, went back during the 40 days that Moshe Rabbeinu was in Harsinai, and at later times at the Oyomayed, Sakodesh um, Baruch Hu piecemeal at different times during the travels of Bnei Yisrael through the Midbar, Sakodesh Baruch Hu would tell to Moshe Rabbeinu different sections of the Torah. He would dictate it to him, although Moshe Rabbeinu did not necessarily immediately write it down. That's a machlekes in the Gemara, whether he wrote each section down as he received it orally, or did he just uh, maintain it as a Torah Shabbat for the time being. Either way, he did not write an actual Sefer Torah the way we know it until here in Parshas Vayelach, which is on the, day, uh, on the day of his own death. So here it says that Moshe Rameno wrote this Torah and he gave it to the Kahanim and Levi and to Kol Ziknei Yisrael. Let's see Rashi. Rashi says, When it was entirely completed, so So then Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah to the people of his shaped, meaning Shevet Levi. Let's continue. We're not going to raise any, any, major, any major questions yet. And Moshe commanded them, saying, 
מקץ שבע שנים, במועד שנעשה שמיטו, at the end of every seven years, at the time of שנעשה שמיטו, we'll see what that means, בחג הסוכוס, on חג הסוכוס, at that time every year, I want you to do a certain mitzvah. The mitzvah is, as we'll see soon, the mitzvah is going to be the mitzvah of Hakim, that all of the Jews must come to the Beis HaMikdash, and the, the Melech must read to them a certain, read to them from the Sefer Torah. Uh, he reads to them certain selections from Sefer Dvorim. Let's see Rashi here just quickly. This is not our focus, but just so we understand. Miket Sheva Shonim. This is referring to the first year of the new Shemitah cycle. So it would be year number eight after having observed the Shemitah. I think this base is a mistake here, which is the eighth year. Why does the Torah refer to the eighth year as the year of Shemitah? Really, it's the seventh year of Shemitah. She says, because the laws of Shvi'a still apply during the eighth year. How? Because Seer Shel Shvi'as, by the crops that were collected, that were harvested during Shvi'as, Hayotzei, the Moitzoi Shvi'as, that go out, meaning that are going to be used on during Moitzoi Shvi'as, during the year after. If you harvested some crops in a way that is permitted on Shvi'as, meaning not a, not a real full harvest, but if you, if you collected a small amount of uh, fruits or grains for your own use near the end of Shvias, and you're going to save them and use them and eat them on Moitzoi Shvias, you must observe the laws of, of Shemitah regarding those fruits. So even the eighth year, the Torah here calls Shana uh, Shnasa Shemitah. Okay, so the Torah tells us in that eighth year, what's going to happen in that eighth year? What am I commanding you regarding that eighth year? Basikiralev. When all of Yisrael come to be seen in front of the face of Hashem your God, in the place in which he will choose. At that time, when everyone is gathered um, in the base of Mikdash, you will read this Torah, Neged Kol. Yisrael in front of all of Yisrael in their ears. You will conduct a, a mass Kriya Satayra. Rashi says, Tikra Esatayra Zeis, Hamelech Hoya the king would read the Torah, Mitchilas Elahadvarim, from the beginning of Elahadvarim, from the beginning of Sefer Dvarim, Kidiisa the Mesech Saita, as it is stated in Mesech Saita. Over there, the the Mishnah and the Gemara discuss exactly what selections the Koyan reads. Albima shall eight. He would stand on a platform of wood, Shahoyo Oisin Ba'azara, that they would make in the Azara, that they would make in the main chamber of the Beis The king would stand on a special platform. Let's continue. Hakel Esa'om, gather the people. Ba'anashim, Ba'anashim, Ba'ata, the men, the women, and the little children. And your convert who is in your gates. Laman, in order. In order that they may hear and that they may learn. And they will fear Hashem your God. 
And they will be careful to do all of the words of this Torah. Here's a very famous few small comments from Rashi. Rashi says, Ha'anashim, the men come, Lil Moid, they have a mitzvah of Talmud Torah. So they're going to come and they're going to listen to the Torah. And it will be Lil Moid. They, they will learn. Ha'anashim do not have a direct mitzvah of uh, Talmud Torah, but they will come Lishmoa, they will come to hear and to understand what is being read. Bahataf, Lomavo, and the little children, what do they come for? They don't understand anything. So Rashi says, Lase Sachar, This is to give reward to those who bring them. Okay, that's uh, perhaps a topic for another time. Let's finish the Psukim about Hakel. Uvnehem, Ashelo Yodu, and your children who don't know. They don't even know what, what's being said. Yishmu, they will hear. And they will learn to fear Hashem your God. Apparently, the whole, the whole experience of being in the base of Mikdash and hearing, hearing the king read from this holy text, even though the, the little children don't understand what he's saying, but it will have an effect on them. It will, it, it will develop in them. Yiras Hashem. It will uh, encourage in them to have Yiras Hashem all of the days that you are living upon the land. That you are crossing over the Yarden over there to inherit it. Okay, those are the Psukim, those are the Rashis. And I would like to raise four questions. Let's go back to the first. Rashi that we, uh, that we learned. It says that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah and he gave it to the Kahanim and Levi, and also he gave it El Kol Yisrael. So Rashi says, when the entire Torah was completed, when Hashem had dictated to Moshe Rabbeinu the entire Torah, so, and Moshe Rabbeinu had written it all down, which he just did now, he gave it to the people of his shape. Now, the question is that Rashi says, Nisano Livnei Shivto, he gave it to the people of his tribe, the tribe of Levi. And we can understand why he might do that. Uh, the tribe of Levi is Miyuchad, it is set aside to be the, in particular, the, the tribe that is going to learn Torah most, intens most intensively with, with the fewest amount of distractions. So that would be a logical place, uh, logical tribe to whom to give the Torah. Very good. The problem is at the end of the Pasuk says, Yel Kol Ziknei Yisrael, it says the Moshe Rabbeinu also gave the Torah to all the elders of Yisrael, meaning to the elders of all the other Shvatim. So which is it? I mean, if we're going to follow Rashi very literally, it seems like he's ignoring the end of the Pasuk. This question is raised by Moscow the David. Let's just leave it for the moment. That is our question number one. Question number two, the Pasuk says, Tikra es HaTorah HaZois. Tikra es HaTorah HaZois, Neged Kol Yisrael B'Yosneihem. It says, read this Torah um, in front of all Yisrael in their ears. And Rashi says, HaMelech HaYokhoyeret. Now the word Tikra, uh, the literal translation is, you will read. 
Of course, it's not referring to Moshe Rabbeinu himself. He's not going to be there. He's going to, as we know, he is, uh, it has been decreed that he's going to die in the Midbar. He is not going to enter Eretz Israel. He's not going to ever see Yerushalayim or the base of Mikdash. Okay, that's, uh, that's a sad story for another time. But what does it mean here? Tikra as a Torah has You will read this Torah. So Rashi says, the king would read the Torah. The question is, how does Rashi know that this is referring to the king? Maybe it's referring to someone else. Maybe it's referring to anyone. Whoever the uh, congregation decides to appoint. How does Rashi know it's the king? Question number three. Rashi tells us that this uh, special Kriya Satoro that was done at, by, at Hakel was Albima Shal Eitz. The king would stand on a wooden platform, Shehoyo Oisin Ba'azora. Now, this comes right out of the, the Mishnah in Meseches Saita, Dafne Malaf as it's noted here. But the question is, why did Rashi put it into his commentary on the Chumash? It doesn't seem to have any source in the Pasuk itself. Uh, the Mishnah says it, um, the Mishnah is describing to us how Haka was done. It, it, it gives us, um, it mentions other things which are not directly in the Torah uh, regarding this mitzvah. Okay, the mitzvah is describing to us how to do the mitzvah, how the mitzvah was done. And maybe this is just a practical matter that in order for the, uh, the king's voice to be heard better, so they built him a, a platform for him to stand on. Perhaps it is uh, desirable that the people should see the king in all of his glory. So they put him on a platform, whatever the reason would be. But Rashi al as we know, only tells us those things that the Pusik is telling us. And it does not appear that the Pusik is telling us in any way that the Kayat, that the, uh, that the Melech has to stand on a Bima Shalates. So question number three is, what is Rashi's source or what is Rashi's reason for telling us this halacha? Question number four. I said at the beginning that the first Pasek in this section is a introduction to the others. I mean, it certainly comes right before them. But question number four is exactly in what way does this Pasek test, how does it relate to the mitzvah of Hakel? Why did this Pasek have to come first? You could have said, you could have just started that, that Moshe Rabbeinu told them that on the, every eighth year, every seventh year, following Shemitah, okay, you have to all come together in the base of Mikdash, and, uh, and the king has to read to you from the Torah. Which Torah? We know which Torah. When was the Torah written? Okay, so you can, you can, you can take out your Chumash and figure out again when the Torah was written. Look it up on Google. They'll tell you when the Torah was originally written. The Torah Google. But uh, why did this passage about Moshe Rabbeinu writing the Torah have to precede this mitzvah of Haka? I'd like to begin by giving relatively simple and straightforward answers to these questions. Uh, I am not claiming that all these answers form any unit of thought. They are, they are disparate answers, but we can answer question number one and number two and number three and number four, and we can be satisfied that uh, these are not problems. Let's begin in that way. Afterwards, Bezos Hashem, I'd like to 
perhaps look at it in, in another from another angle, perhaps a little bit deeper. Let's begin with some simple answers. The first question was that Rashi says that Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah to Bnei Shivtai, but the Pasuk says that he also gave it to Ziknei Yisrael. So which one is it? Paschal the tells us that we need to go back to a Pasuk near the end of Parshish Kisavai and to something that Rashi himself said there. In the end of Parshish Kisavai, Moshe Rabbeinu says to the people, Hashem lachem, ladas. Hashem did not give you a heart, a mind to know, and eyes to see, and ears to hear, until this day. Of course, the whole Sefer Dvorim is Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to the people uh, not long before his, uh, his Petira, in the last year of his life, in the 40th year in the desert, and, and the Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, until today, Hashem didn't give you a mind to know and eyes to, to see and ears to hear. Now, what is this referring to? The whole, for, for all those years, they were stupid. Now they got smart. What, what does it mean? So Rashi says that, Shamati, I heard the following explanation. That that day, that, 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 is, uh, that is referred to in this Pasek is referring to that day that Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Sefer Torah to Bnei Levi. The Moshe Kosov, as it is written in the Pasek that we are learning here today. That Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah to the Kehanim Bnei Levi. So this Pasek here in Kisavai is referring to the same event that we are learning about here in Vayelach. So Moshe Rabbeinu finished writing the Torah, he gave it to Bnei Levi. Bo kol Yisrael All of the Klal Yisrael, all of the Jews came in front of Moshe Rabbeinu. They said, Moshe Rabbeinu, we also stood at Har Sinai, and we received the Torah, and it was given to us. Okay, I said before, the, the, the Sefer Torah as we know it actually was not given at Har Sinai. But the mitzvahs of the Torah were given at our Sinai. We received all the mitzvahs of the Torah. It was given to us. So what are you doing? You are mashlit. You are giving rulership over the Torah to the people of your shepherds. You're, you're entrusting them with the Torah. They will say to us tomorrow, meaning sometime in the future, they might say to us, It was not given to you. It was only given to us. So the people complained, how can you give the Torah only to those of your shepherds? It's ours also. And Moshe Rabbeinu rejoiced over this matter. He was happy that the Klai Yisrael felt that the Torah belongs to them. Except, what do you see from this Rashi? That really, both things happened. Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah as Rashi says here, Livnei Shivto. The reason Rashi is saying Livnei Shivto is he's explaining why Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah to the Kahanim and Levi. Because they are of his shevet, he knows them, he knows what they're like, he knows how good they are, they didn't participate in the Chet Ego, they didn't participate in the Chet Maraglim, they're very dedicated. Okay, he gave it Livnei Shivto. But of course, 
Rashi's not discussing that, but it's there in the Pasuk. And Rashi has already explained to us the mechanism, how it is that he gave it to the Kahanim, but also gave it to the people. He at first gave it to the Kahanim and Elevi, but the people complained. And eventually, Moshe Rabbeinu gave a Sefer Torah to each of the Shvatim. He gave it to Kol Ziknei Yisrael. So that answers our question number one. This contradiction that, that Rashi talks about giving it to Bnei Shiftai, but the Pasuk also talks about giving it to Ziknei Yisrael. We see that really Rashi in Pashas Kisavai has already answered this question. Question number two. Question number two was, how did Rashi know that it was the Melech, that it was the king who read the Torah? And so what many of the Mepharshim say is that we have to go back a couple of psukim before we started to read. It says back in Pasuk Zion, we started with Pasuk Tes, but if you go back to Pasuk Zion, we will see that to whom was Moshe Rabbeinu speaking over here? He was speaking to Yeshua. And Moshe called to Yeshua and said to him, be strong and be courageous. You're going to bring the people into Eretz Yisrael. And so therefore they say that a few psukim later, when it says, Tikra es it says, you will read the Torah. Who is it referring to? It's referring to Yeshua. Okay, and Yeshua is like the Melech. Yeshua had a uh, had a din like a Melech. He is the supreme leader of Klai Yisrael. And one can raise some objections to this, because if you look at Pasuk Yud, he's not talking to Yeshua. It says by Yitzav Moshe, oh some lay more, and Moshe commanded them saying, but. This is what many of them Mepharshim say, that Tikra, you shall read, must be referring to Yeshua because that's who, he's, that's who he was talking to. So that's our answer to question number two. Question number three, how does Rashi know in Pshute Shal Mikra that the reading was done on a Bima Shal Eitz, Shoyu Aisin Bazar? How does he know that? My first answer to that, to that question is a question that my students sometimes would give me on a test. They would write in big letters, I-D-K. I don't know. This is a question that I'm not 100% sure about. Perhaps the best I can say, at least according to this Derek that I'm following at the moment, is perhaps Rashi saw this in the words, Neged kol Yisrael that this reading must be done in front of all Yisrael in their ears. And therefore, Rashi tells us that it's not enough just to gather everyone together and to have the king stand there and read. He has to read in such a way that it's Neged kol Yisrael b'ozneihem. They have to actually hear it. So that uh, indicates that they must have done something. They didn't have microphones, but they must have, it must be obligatory to do something to help the king's voice carry farther. So therefore, Rashi, Rashi quotes the Mishnah in Saita that he stood on a bima shel I don't love this answer because 
if this were the real answer, if this were the real Pshat and Rashi, then it would seem to me that Rashi should have included these words in his Dibur Amasko. Neged kol Yisrael be'oznehem. But that's not Rashi's Dibur Amasko. Rashi's Dibur Amasko, his title here is Tikroi Esatayra Hazois. You shall proclaim, you shall read out loud this Torah. You can read it out loud without standing on a beam of shalates. It could be no one will hear you, but you can do it. So if the reason that Rashi is saying that the, that the Melech stood on a beam of shalates is because it has to, had to be neged kol yisrael ba'oznehem, it would seem to me that he should have included those words in the Dibur Question number four, what is the relationship of Pasuk Tess to the other psukim here about Hakel? So in simplicity, we can say that here the Torah is giving us a mitzvah. Moshe Rabbeinu is here giving them a mitzvah of Kriyas Torah. He's telling them, read the Torah every seventh year in such and such a place, in such and such a way. But until now, there was no safety Torah. So therefore, the Torah, had the, the, Torah the, the author of the Torah here, had to first tell us that there's such a thing called the Sefer Torah. But we take it for granted. You know, Sefer Torah, it's in every shul, a few of them. But until this point in history, there was no Sefer Torah. So therefore, first the Pasuk says that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Sefer Torah, a Torah Hazais, and he gave it to whomever he gave it to. And then it says, Kate Shevesh at the end of every seven years, when everybody gets together in the place that Hashem will choose, Tikra Torah Hazais, Neged Kol Yisrael Then you should read this Torah, this Torah that has just been written. You should read it in front of Kol Yisrael You should read it in front of all of the Jews in such a way that they will hear. These are simple and I think pretty solid answers to all of our questions. I would like to suggest a, a somewhat deeper look at the at the matter and a way in which all of the questions will more or less be answered by one basic fundamental point. The fundamental point is if we go back <clears throat> to the Maskell the David's interpretation of Rashi, he's not the only one who interprets it that way. And if we go back to the Rashi in Rashi Savai, we will see that the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu had to write a Sefer Torah for each Shevet is because they, they complained. They said, you can't just give it to many ladies. We are all one people. We are all one and we are all equal. We always say something. But Gabi the Torah, we're all equal. We're not all equal. We have some have blue eyes and some have brown eyes, and some are smarter, some are stupider, and some are taller, and some are fatter. And we do not believe in sameness. But klape hatora, klape the fact that there is a Torah, we're all equal. We all stood in Harsina, and we all accepted upon ourselves the mitzvahs of the Torah. And therefore, they said you have you have to give a sacred Torah to us also. And Moshe Rabbeinu did so. So. Pazik Tess is telling us that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote a Sefer Torah for each Shevet because Klal Yisrael is one unit of equal partners. Yes, each partner has different particular and unique tasks, but 
we are equal partners, at least as far as that fact that we are all recipients of the Torah, we are equal. And just to elaborate on this point a little bit, uh, by accident, it, it so happened that uh, on Rosh Hashanah, I was sitting in Shul and I was waiting for the Chazan to uh, start the Chazar start the Sashat, so I picked up a Sefer. It was on a nearby shelf. Very famous and important Sefer that I have very little experience looking at, known as the Shlosh, Shnei Luches of Ries, from a few hundred years ago. It is a very fascinating and complex Sefer complex, not only in some of its content, some of the content is very capitalistic, some, not all. And it is also a safer that is um, complex in its structure. There is a whole big section about what he calls Torah Shabbat where he talks about general principles of the Gemara. And he talks about, there's another section where he talks about many of the Agadites, many of the Agadites in, in Shas, and explains many of those difficult explanations that, that we find in the Agada. And there's a section that he calls Torah Shabbat, where he discusses each of the Parshias of the Torah. And within that section, he has uh, general, what he calls drushes, general explanations, uh, where he often gets very, very deep and very Kabbalistic. And he also has a section that he calls the near mitzvah the Torah or, where he talks about the mitzvahs that are in each parsha. Any more, more or less simple halachic discussion of the, of the mitzvahs. And he also has a section called, uh, I believe it's called Derech Hayim Techaches Musar, where he gives you some very interesting and, and e easy to understand uh, musar that comes from each parsha. A fascinating section. If, you, if there's no other section of the Sefer that you can, that you can understand, but, but almost anybody could understand that section. I wonder if it's been uh, translated or even if it's been published in Hebrew by itself, leaving out the rest of the shlaw. That's perhaps a good project for somebody with, with some footnotes and whatever. Um, very fascinating little musari on every parsha. Anyway, in his discussion of parshas um, Vayelech, the shlaw the points out that there are two mitzvahs. Of the Taryag mitzvahs, two of them are found in Parshas Vayeva. One of them is Hakel, that we're learning about now, and the other one is the mitzvah upon each individual to write a Sefer Torah. Which Chazal tell us mean that every, uh, certainly every adult Jewish male is obligated to write his own Sefer Torah. We, in our days, we accomplish this Many of us, anyway, accomplish this either by uh, participating in the writing of a Sefer Torah, by contributing, or by actually writing a letter or a word, or there's a famous uh, ruling by the Rush that by, by purchasing Svarim from which to learn, one, is, uh, one has uh, observed, one has performed this mitzvah. But the, the, the mitzvah in its original form is that each person had to write a Sefer Torah. Now, the Shlur point, points out that these two mitzvahs are directed towards two different aspects of Klai Yisrael. He says the mitzvah, that each person should write his own Sefer Torah, so that addresses the, the idea that each person is miyuchad b'fnei he is special for himself, 
that each person has his or her own personality, his or her own capabilities and potentials. Each person has his own angle in understanding the Torah. Of course, we're not talking about changing the halacha, but the Torah speaks to each person a little bit differently. Each person has a different flavor. Each person notices different nuances. It affects each person a little bit differently. And therefore, each person must write their own Sefer Torah. That's the mitzvah of Ksiva Sefer Torah. It's directed towards each individual Jew, because each individual Jew is a separate world. On the other hand, Baal Yisrael is, I'll read a few words from the Shloh, the Jewish nation is kulam heim ki'ish echad. They're all like one big person. Yunikro'im nefesh echad. They are called in the Pasuk by the term nefesh echad. Veheim echad belipiru. They are one and indivisible. We are one huge body. Klai Yisrael all together, we are one unit. And the mitzvah of hakel is directed at that aspect of Klai Yisrael, and it, and it develops and encourages that aspect of Klai Yisrael, because what is the mitzvah of Hakel? We must all come together at one time, in one place. Even those who normally would be there from coming on Aliyah the Regal, those who are exempt from coming three times a year to the base of Mikdash, such as young children. But on Hakel, everybody must come. Unless, of course, Pikuach Nefesh is Doichet, but the Ikar Adin is, the main law here is, every single person must come to Hakel, and we must be together as one indivisible group. And what do we do as that one indivisible group? We read the Torah. That's really who we are. Now, if we keep this in mind, I think we can re-answer our various questions. Our first question, we will... We'll basically leave it alone. You'll see how I'm addressing that question as I continue. When we come to the question, why, how did Rashi know that Why does Rashi mention this, that the king is the one who read the Torah? Okay, we said because uh, there are previous Tukim, just previous to this, where Moshe Rabbeinu was talking to Yeshua. Yeshua is a king. Yeshua is like a melech. So Rashi says, you will read this Torah is referring to the king. But we can now understand, maybe not perhaps how Rashi knew it, how Rashi saw it in the Pasuk, but we can understand why it is that this missile was placed upon the king. Because the king, what is a king? A king is the embodiment of the whole nation as being one unit very famous Rashi in Parshish Chukas. We're not going to go into the context of the Rashi and how he, how he saw in the Pasuk what he says, but I'll just quote the few famous words of Rashi. He says, Nasi Hador Ufichol Hador. The Nasi Hador, the prince of the generation, the leader of the generation, is like the whole generation. In other words, he counts like everybody altogether. He had Nasi Huakol. The Nasi, the leader of the generation, He's everything, meaning he embodies everybody. The uh, Lubavitcher Hasidim like to say that this is the Lubavitcher Rashi, because they always talk about the Nasi Hador, 
the, the, whichever Rebbe was the Rebbe in that generation, they called him the Nesih Hador. So uh, you see this Rashi is very, uh, he's very pro, pro Nasi. Okay, putting that aside, but certainly it's true that you see here that the Melech, the Nesih Hador, the leader of Klai Yisrael within a generation, he's everybody. He stands in place of everybody. He embodies that whole that whole nation, which is really one and indivisible. But therefore, that is the most appropriate person to read, because as we see from the first Rashi, why did Meshur Rabbeinu have to write the Torah for everybody? First Pasuk is not only telling us that Meshur Rabbeinu wrote the Torah, it's telling us that he wrote the Torah for everybody because the people complained you can't just give it to B'nai Levi. You have to give it to all of us because we are one nation under God, indivisible. Because we are one indivisible nation. And therefore, you must write a safer Torah for us also. You must give us a safer Torah. Based on that principle, that the mitzvah of Hakel is to read from that Torah, to read from a safer Torah once every seven years. So, it's understandable. It's, it, 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 it flows very naturally. But who has to read it? It can't be just anybody. It can't even be a koyin, because the whole, the whole, the whole point of this, of, of, of the sefer Torah, the whole point of pasuk, of pasuk tes, is that the sefer Torah was not only given to the kahan, it was given to everybody. So which person embodies everybody all as one? about which person we, can we say all for one and one for all, that's the Melech. So that's an understanding of this that Rashi says, HaMelech Let's first go, let's skip to question number four. Question number four was, Pardon me, I forget my own questions. Question number four was, how does Pasuk test relate to the Psukim about Hakel? And we just, I just explained that. Okay, that has been answered. And now let's go. No, let's just clarify a little bit more. Pasuk test tells us that Maishu Rabbeinu wrote a Torah for, for each and every Shevet because Klai Yisrael is one nation indivisible in its relationship to the Torah. And in Pasuk, in the next few Psukim, the Psukim about Hakel, they are reinforcing that oneness because there, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Meshavenu is telling us to gather all of the people, literally every single one of them, for a once in seven years Priya Satur. And now let's go back to question number three, which to me is the most inscrutable of the questions. Why does Rashi mention that this Kriya Satira took place of Bimishal Eitz, Shohyo Aisin Bazar? There doesn't seem to be any hint of that in the Psukim. Okay, we mentioned one possible hint, but hard to understand why Rashi includes this point. Again, the Mishnah Saita says it, the Mishnah, the Mishnah Saita is telling us how to do the mitzvah, what's the best way to do the mitzvah, how the mitzvah was done, Fine, but Rashi in Chumash is telling us about the Psukim, not giving us a practical handbook, practical guide to the performance of mitzvahs. 
He's telling us what did the Psukim say. This point that the, 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 the king stood on a beam of shalates doesn't seem to be here. Perhaps, and I put perhaps in very, very large letters, perhaps one can say, based on what I'm saying here, based on what I'm suggesting, perhaps one can suggest as follows. This Kriya Satura took place in the Azara, took place in the base of Mikdash. What's the source for taking place in the base of Mikdash? That's, that's a, it's a clear person. This should be done the place that Hashem will choose for you. Takes place in the base of Mikdash. Now, the base of Mikdash, although everybody went there three times a year, but the base of Mikdash, in a certain sense, is the, the home court of the Kahana and the Leviya. That's really where they hang out. The other Jews are they're allowed to visit there. They can't go over a certain line. They can only uh, walk about certain outer portions. It's really, I mean, who has the uh, proverbial home court advantage in the base of Mikdash is the Kohanim. But the whole point of this Kriya Satera, as we, be, as, as we are saying, or a major point of this mitzvah of Hakel is to encourage, to reinforce, and to declare the oneness of Pal Yisrael. So doing it in the Beis HaMikdash is sort of taking away from that. It's kind of saying we're doing it in the Kohanim's home. Perhaps that is why Rashi mentions that it was done on a Bima Shal Eitz. There are Mephoshim that discuss, you can look in the uh, commentary, Malechish Shlomo, on the, on the Mishnah Mesechah Saita and others. There are commentators who discuss why was it permitted to build the Bima Shal Eitz in the Azara? Normally, we're not allowed to add to the structure of the Beis HaMikdash. Beis HaMikdash was built according to Nebuah that was given to Shlomo HaMelech. The world built Ruach HaKodesh that Ezra had when he built the second Beis HaMikdash. You're not allowed to just decide, you know, I think it would be nice to put a room over there. And you, you can't make additions. You can't call a contractor and start to changing things. How were they allowed to build this beam of Shalhats? So there are different answers given. Uh, we'll say one answer is that it was very temporary. It's not really considered adding on to the structure of the base of Mikdash. But my point is that it is unusual to put any kind of structure into the base of Mikdash other than the prescribed, the prescribed structure the way it's supposed to be. Perhaps this is why they made this Bimishal Eitz. It is a way of showing that this base of Mikdash where you're standing now to do the mitzvah of Hakel, it's not the Kohanim's base of Mikdash. But when the Kohanim are there to do their avoid, this, this wouldn't be here. We wouldn't, we wouldn't put anything there. Even a temporary structure might technically be permitted, but we don't, we don't put extra things in the base of Mikdash. This is not their home court. For this, for this mitzvah, for this great gathering, for this great event of Hakel, it's a different, it's a different base of Mikdash. It's a base of Mikdash with a bima shalates in the middle. Because today it does not belong to the Kahanim, it belongs to everyone. That's a perhaps. I'd just like to mention in conclusion, uh, we are saying here that there are, I mean, it's really in the Psukim, but we are bringing out that there are two aspects 
of this mitzvah of Hakel. One aspect is the Kriya Satayra. Pasik tells you, on this day, take out the Torah, read these and these psukim, so that everybody should hear it. And everybody should learn or, or listen or at least be there to experience it. Okay, Kriya Satayra. But there's another aspect to this mitzvah. And that is the aspect that uh, we, we, we mentioned from the Shloa Kadesh, that this mitzvah serves as a means of unifying Klai It expresses really the, the, the unity, the oneness and the indivisibility of Klai I found, uh, again, kind of uh, by mistake, but I found the following opinion amongst Rishinim. There is a safer called Sefer Yireyim, which is one of the this is one of the many Svarim from our Rishonim who count the 613 mitzvahs and define each one of the 613 mitzvahs. And as we've mentioned before, and as is well known, not every great Rishon had the same count. The Gemara in Makkah just tells us there are 613 mitzvahs. What are they? It's not so easy. If you'll start counting yourself, I guarantee you, you will not come exactly to the Rambam's count, and you will not come exactly to uh, Rabbeinu Sadiq's count, and you will not come exactly to Ramban's count. The Sefi Yireyim had his own count. The Sefi Yireyim, when he talks about the mitzvah of Hakel, he divides it into two different mitzvahs. Mitzvah Reish Samech Vav, mitzvah number 266, he says, Siva Kodesh Borachu Sheyipra Parshas Eila Hadvorim. The Hakel, the 600 and the 266 mitzvah is that Hashem commanded that Yikra, he shall read, let's assume he's talking about the Melech, that he shall read the Parsha of so the Sefer of Dvorim, the Hakel, in Hakel. There's a mitzvah to read this Parsha. Mitzvah Tav Lamed Gimel, mitzvah number 633, is a different mitzvah. Mitzvah's hakel, that is the mitzvah of hakel, he calls it. Siva HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands. Now listen carefully. Keshe Yikro HaMelech when the king reads the Torah, that's not the mitzvah here. But when he does it, She that all of them, all of the Jews, down even to the little children, should come to hear. As it says, HaKel HaSa'om HaNoshim V'HaNoshim etc. Gather all the people, the men, the women, the little children, etc. The Sefi Yireyim actually divides it into two different mitzvahs out of the 613. One mitzvah is to read this parsha. A separate mitzvah, he understands, is that when the king is reading this parsha, gather all the people, put them all in the same place in the base of Mikvah. So it, it, it's boilate, it sticks out emphasize this point according to the array that a major element of these psukim is that Klai Yisrael is one and indivisible and that every seven years we must gather together in order to reinforce that idea.